0: it's time for watch and learn the show where we discuss the life lessons we learn from the movies we watch today army of darkness hey hey, movie maniacs my name is sky and i'm joined by my brother dusty dust i have a question for you how well do you think your handgun will fare against an army of skeletal deadites? They, they, they'll they do the best. It will do as best as can. But I would much rather have a double-barreled shotgun. It retails for about a $109.99. And you want to shop smart, shop S-mart. So I would definitely get that Remington double-barreled shotgun. So would I, man. That is the way to go for sure against deadites. Absolutely. So I love... This movie. I was watching it and my wife was in the room at the same time and she just kept shaking her head like, why do you like this? I'm like, because it's awesome. Did she actually sit and watch the whole thing or did she come and go from it? She was sitting in the room, but she was like playing on her phone or doing oh. something. So she wasn't paying attention really. Gotcha. Yeah, Denise wasn't a big fan of it either, but I watched it last night with both of my boys, ages 11 and 9, and they loved it, man. They laughed just as much as I did. The, it's oh man and I really enjoy this movie now here's what happened from the very beginning uh, watching this the first time I thought man this was great and so we watched it over and over again and I didn't know that there was an Evil Dead 1 and Evil Dead 2 and this is the third part I had no idea so I'm watching uh, you know Army, Army of Darkness and I thought let me just go watch part one and I know Army of Darkness is funny and it's it's exciting and there's a lot of action it was good I go back and watch part one, I couldn't get through maybe half of it. It was such a graphic, graphic, graphic horror movie, like the classic horror movie, as horrible as it was, I just stopped it. I was like, wow, this is nothing like Army of Darkness, so I just quit there no it isn't at all and and uh so yeah you're you're absolutely right evil dead one i watched it years later after watching this one total horror part two is kind of like a retelling of number one with bruce campbell again same actor i think everything else everybody else around him were new actors i think but they kind of like did the horror slash comedy in that one but then this one went almost full comedy with some horror thrown in yeah, yeah. It really wasn't even a horror movie. There were some, obviously, nuances where they're fighting and they're, they're evil things that are, you know, flying and, and sort of stuff. And uh, But it definitely was not a horror movie. It was a, a fun action um, comedy. And I loved it. I thought Bruce Campbell nailed it. He did a fantastic job in the movie. When he's, he beats up the, uh, or he gets out of the pit after killing the, you know, the couple things and he gets out, he's all looking at all the other uh, uh, knights around. Who wants some? Who wants a little? You want a little? <laughs> that is so funny. It is good, man. He plays that role of a of a jerky guy so well, and then like he obviously sees himself as because he's from the future. He's super smart. He sees himself above these little pissant soldiers and and townsfolk and stuff. And he plays the role of of a, of a super jerk really well. And he called him a primate. So like, or your primitive brain can't understand the molecular compositions and alloy structures and stuff. Like yeah. That it's good stuff man so you mentioned the first time we watched it do you remember the circumstances when we first watched this movie growing up no i don't yeah it was it was uh 1993 so it was made in 92 but it came out in february of 93 and i believe if i'm not mistaken i believe our mom and dad they flew to hawaii to get married and they left us at home with grandma grandma babysat us for a week Nicole, our cousin Nicole, spent the night one of those nights. And grandma went with the three of us to see this movie. So she sat in the movie theater watching this with the three of us. We loved it. She thought it was probably the one of the dumbest things ever. Wow. I do not even, re- I mean, I, I was like 12 or no, 14, 13 or 14. At the time. I definitely do not remember that at all. I'm surprised you remember that. So that's funny. But I could see grandma be like, this is horrible. Yeah. Totally. And, and then she also did something afterwards that she probably wasn't fond of. She took us to one of my favorite comic book shops and <laughs> we went comic book shopping, you know. So yeah. it was like for me and you, it was our night for sure. Nicole had fun with us, but grandma, it's one of those things that grandmas do or grandparents do uh, just to make the kids happy. Was that Heroes Comics or something like that? Uh, I, think, I think she took us to Sierra Comics on Sierra Blackstone. Comics. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. Yeah. I don't, I definitely don't even remember that. I do remember seeing the Transformers Um. in, in, a, well, with our, I think it was with our dad. Yes. Seeing the Transformers. I think it was in the same movie theater too, if I remember correctly. It was. I, it was on Blackstone, the Blackstone and, near Blackstone and Shaw at the there time. There you go. Awesome. Or Blackstone and Bullard. Cool, cool. So you said you went back and watched Evil Dead 1. You watched Evil Dead 2 as well? Yes, I did. And I saw the most recent remake, like 2000. 12 or whatever year it was when they kind of redid the evil dead and they made it more of a horror and not nearly as much humor they kind of made another a remake of a serious evil dead yeah Wait, wait wait so there's evil dead one evil dead two evil dead three which is army of darkness so evil Dead One's a horror horror movie evil Dead two is horror and comedy and army of darkness is comedy and then they remade evil dead one even much more of a horror movie yeah, not not much more of a of a horror movie. It was just it was just another take on the horror movie just updated with today's kind of effects and stuff, you know. So they didn't Got have it. um as much blood shooting out of things and as as much <laughs> crazy gore. It was kind of like a for lack of a better word, a more realistic horror movie, you know. And did you see Ash versus the Evil Dead? Yeah, the television series. Yes, I like it a lot. Because it it was a little rough for me. I watched like maybe half of the first one, and my wife was in the room too, and she's not a fan. And so I was like, "Uh, I probably don't, I don't need to watch it. And so it was just, she was like, can we watch something else? I'm like, okay. Because it was was a pretty rough, uh, I guess, at least the first episode was pretty rough. What do you think? Yeah, I watched the first season and a half, and then I did get kind of tired of it, and I quit at that point. So I enjoyed it, but not enough to keep going. Got it. Mm -hmm. Got it, got it. So, what do you think about the uh, the intro? They did a good job, or this is my opinion. They did a good job setting up because I never watched Evil Dead One or Evil Dead Two, but the the him where he's doing his monologue, saying, "Hey, you know," t- basically talking to the camera, um, and you're seeing, you're hearing everything. They did a quick job in like maybe three minutes, giving you a good history to where right when he's walking in in the lockstep or you know in chains. Um, you you're really well caught up really quickly. What do you think? I loved it, man. It was perfect. Perfect way to introduce it. You get to see the character. You get to see him with his chainsaw hand, um, flying through the air with his car. I mean, it, you're right. They set it up well for this movie. There was no. I don't think the audience watching this would have any questions about who is this character. Where did he come from? Because of that intro. Yeah, you didn't need to watch one or two at all to get to where Evil Dead or Army of Darkness, Evil Dead number three is actually going to, you know, pick up where it left off. So you, it's it's great. 100%. Yep, yep. So what did you think about him locking? I love the scene where he locks off the hand at the wrist. Like he's laughing. ha ha ha. I thought that was awesome. That is great. That's where a lot of the comedy came from in Evil Dead 2 was that the events and everything and they weren't saying funny stuff, but it's those kinds of I don't know how you call it just just the way the actors portrayed the action stuff and then also the the goofy special effects and kind of like the goofy looking you know evil people and the way they were attacked and stuff that's where the humor came from it wasn't exactly like where they were saying funny things but it's, it's the visuals that the director uses you know that's where the humor and that is one of those perfect visuals he could have taken it so super seriously not maniacally cutting off his hand it could have been like a serious oh my god I can't believe I'm doing this but the way Bruce Campbell did it that's where the comedy came from same thing just like when one of the little Ash um, jumps in his mouth or they, they throw him in his mouth and he dives in there he's all he's all poking him in his stomach oh that hurts and he goes all right have a little hot chocolate fella and, he drinks, and it's hurting him obviously but he's like ah oh, take that i thought it was awesome yeah, yeah 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 like yeah like the 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 character wasn't doing it for comedic effect but the way the actor portrays it and that's what a lot of this movie is right nothing that happens is necessarily funny well <laughs> i love it how when he's going back through the graveyard falling falls down because the skeletal hands grab him and then the hands are attacking him. They attack him in really funny ways. That was it, you that is definitely a comedy when he, the those hands are attacking him in those ways because if it was a horror movie it wouldn't anywhere near be as fun. It you know, would just and, be and like one hand choking him or something. Choking him or like literally ripping his eyeball out or something, you know, something really really gross. But this was you could tell this was this was what really made me realize it was for fun like this was a fun movie it's a comedy obviously but it's a fun movie because it could have been so much worse like it could literally be really bad but um yeah i thought that that was really really fun and i do like the whole necronomicon when he says klaatu vrata ne- necktie nickel It's <laughs> yep. so good it is it is great that that entire scene was fun in the uh and with the with the um with the necronomicon attacking him in different ways you know like the the whole movie is so absurd with all this crazy stuff and i i really liked how that one book the first one sucked him in his arms got all long because it pulled him in then his chin was all long and he fixed it by just uh swishing his head around absurd stuff but as long as you're in for the ride you are in and this movie works even with all that absurdity I absolutely agree. And I really like that there were three books, and like nobody said anything about three books. And one sucks him in, and the other one's like a bat that's or like, you know, some sort of thing that's trying to attack him. And he goes, I'll get back to you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's good. (laughs) He's good, Manda. Like, like you had said, um, uh, I think it was the end of the last. Yeah, at the, at the end of talking about Stuber, you mentioned this movie and you said that it had one of your favorite actors. And I agree with you. Bruce Campbell is one of my favorite as well. Total B movie actor. He's been in plenty of big A movies and stuff. Or not A movies. I mean, regular mainstream movies, Spider-Man and various things. But he's a great comedic actor. And I just wish we could see more of him, you know? Yeah, I definitely agree. He was in Burn Notice, the TV show. Did you ever watch that? Oh, yeah, I did. He was Sam in that movie or yes, a show. Cool. Yeah, and they even did like a spinoff where it was just the Sam. Um, did you see that one? No, I never watched that. It was pretty good. I mean, it was really good. He actually got lean. Like he had to lose weight and get fit to play his old self. So he did great. Now, the one movie that I wish I never would have watched and you told me about it. You got to watch this. Wait wait, 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 wait. Bubba ho Bubba ho Bubba Ho-Tep. What in the world is that? I'm Wait, like, is, is that what you're you... talking about right now? Yeah, I was like, why did you tell me to watch that? I, so did I really tell you to watch that? Because I watched it and found it super boring. Oh, well, maybe was you did Because I, I might have just talked. I, I don't remember talking to you about it. I remember hearing about it. I watched it and I was super bored. Maybe I had told you about what the movie was about before I had actually seen it. I don't maybe. remember. Yeah, like, hey, there's a Bruce Campbell movie. and Bubba Hotep. And I was like... Okay, I'll check it out. But man, (laughs) because well, you did tell me I could have. I came the impression that you actually enjoyed it, or you knew it was going to be good, or something like that. So I was like, I forced myself to watch the whole thing when I was like, in thirty minutes into, I'm like, why am I? What is the this? This an alien thing? What this is so stupid? Maybe that's the movie. That you finally learned your lesson to leave a movie early like you did with The Dead Don't Die. You stuck through Bubba Hotep. You learned a valuable life lesson. If that movie doesn't suck you in in 30 minutes, you should be out of there. You absolutely should be out of there. Awesome. So yes, yeah, you should absolutely. be thanking me for my Bubba Hotep suggestion. I got a good lesson cuz I didn't have to sit through the that what was that movie we just The Dead out Don't of? Die. The Dead Don't Die. That was a horrible movie. That saved my life. Good. Yeah, saved. That's right, huh? You saved an hour and 15 of your <laughs> yeah, life or sure so. You got that did. back. <laughs> um now, I what did you think about his chainsaw hand? I'm in love with the chainsaw hand. It it absolutely makes no sense but that's what i love about it when when he jumped up in the pit stuck his hand up and it locked into place incredible i thought that was awesome too you're right it makes no sense it's just really wacky like why why do you need to have it attached to your hand but you do and he still does i thought it was funny terrific terrific And then when he goes in the pit with it, or like, yeah, you're right, the uh, wizard or guy throws down the chainsaw and it attaches on and he's using that to chainsaw things. I thought that was hilarious. Now, then he makes the mechanical hand that's super awesome and super strong and everything. That is very, very fun, too. 100% it is. And I just now realized that this is a time travel movie. I mean, Horror comedy, of course, but it's time travel as well. This is probably one of my favorite just time travel movies ever. Now, traveling through time doesn't do anything. It's not like he went back in time and changed who the president was nowadays or anything. But just the fact that it's a time travel movie, this is in my top five. Ah, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a great up there with like Back to the Future mm-hmm. um, and End Game. Uh, End Game, yeah. Very cool. I agree. I, I, and I love this movie. This movie is hilarious. Now, here's what's also really interesting. At the very, very end, we see that um, Ash needs to go to his new time. Well, they give him a potion that he would go to sleep, and when he wakes up, he would actually be in his own time. What I was reading, and some people were saying like IMDB and stuff, was that he literally slept. And this was part of the story, too. This is like outtakes or ultimate versions. But he was supposed to take six drops of of this potion because it'll help him to sleep six centuries but he takes an extra drop and then he wakes up in a post-apocalyptic world because he took seven drops because he slept too long did you know anything about that no i've never heard you said it was a different version of the movie like a different script yeah apparently there was a ton of different versions ideas and all that sort of stuff and they even shot a lot of it but they didn't come out so i was reading through imdb and so there's a lot of that stuff in there and like in australia it was released differently than like in japan nothing like oh because it's graphic no it's like the story parts were changed and all that sort of stuff but that was one of them was that he took one extra drop you know how he was like oh yeah i basically said the words maybe not every symbol you know he's not he's not a precise type of guy and so he takes seven drops, but he physically sleeps too long and wakes up in a post-apocalyptic world. That would be interesting. That, that would be cool to see. I mean, they, they could all always do an Army of Darkness part two or part four in the overall genre or not genre in the overall series. You know, I would love to see that. Yeah. And I thought when I watched the movie, he drank it and he just woke up future you know, uh, however many six centuries later because... He would like time travel back, but this is saying he was actually literally supposed to sleep in a cave for six centuries and then come up and then you now he's everything's good. So I, I rather, never realized that I was just assuming he went off somewhere, set a spell, and then jumped back through another wormhole. So apparently, in like other deleted scenes and other end, um, different endings, that's what it, they they talk about that, and so and actually recorded or you know shot it and everything like that. So pretty interesting. That's cool, man. I would like to see that one of these days. That that'd be fun, just like going back and watching Goonies again and actually seeing the octopus. Like if you go to Goonies, I don't, I didn't do this for um, on YouTube. I didn't actually look this up for Army of Darkness, which I probably will when we're done. But you know, I always wanted to see the octopus and see what that scene was about because I've never seen it. I just went on on uh, YouTube, typed in Goonies and octopus, and I was actually able to watch that scene. So that was really fun to go back and watch something brand new again. Oh, totally, man! I'll I'll do the same thing. I'll follow suit right along with you there. Um... Oh, you know, one thing I like about the whole Evil Dead franchise or the first two and then this one is that uh, the budget is super low. Right. And it has to be this way because you just don't know if it's going to be a profitable movie or not. So you got to keep the budget low. But what's great about low budgets is that it's, it's a kind of a constraint. And oftentimes when you're doing something creative, those constraints lead to really good innovation. Right. So like Sam Raimi, he came up with the whole POV camera, holding it on a board and running through the forest on it. That was because they didn't have the kind of money to set up uh, you know, cables to to, to to string a camera up to so so it goes smoothly, you know, through the forest and stuff. And and then the fact that in in the first movies they don't have a lot of money. Well, what is cheap is making a ton of blood, right? It's just water and food coloring. And then so they made a ton of blood in those movies. It made it even more fun. So I, I love the fact that the low budget makes them do things like um, stop motion animation for the skeletons instead of computer. It just makes it more fun and a more enjoyable movie experience. You are absolutely right. And that I, I one thing that I've always loved is the thought that necessity is a mother of invention. There you go. Because, yeah, it's if you can make something take care of it really easily, then you don't need to figure something out. But... That's something great about being just alive and having a brain is that we can figure things out. There's always something. There's always a way to do something. Even if nobody's ever figured it out, there's always a way to figure it out. You just got to work hard enough, and whatever is going to force you to actually do that. So, yeah, I really like these low budget. And, you know, at the time we were watching it, I didn't realize it. Well, I'm looking at it now. It's $11 million was the estimated budget, which is nothing for now. You know, we're looking at $1,100 million or something like that or 110 million. million. Uh, 1100 million. Anyways, uh, looking at the budget now, I'm walking, watching it now myself. I'm 40 years old, not when I was 14 or 13. Looking at the movie, I'm watching, like, man, you can definitely tell it's a low budget. But at the time, I didn't care. I didn't think it was low. I didn't know what a low budget was. Yeah. At the time, we were young enough to where a movie was just a movie. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so I'm just looking at IMDb. It says the box office budget was. $11 million. The gross USA was $11,500,000. And a community worldwide gross was $21 million. So they did did not make a ton of movie, but it's definitely a cult classic now. Yeah, I bet you they sold over the years, tons of VHSs. And then when it came out on DVD, everybody owned it. VHS bought it on DVD. And now with the streaming stuff, I, I don't know where my um, Army of Darkness DVD went so I rented it on Amazon for 3.99 to watch it. So they've gotten plenty of money from me and I'm sure beyond the theatrical release it's made its money back and then some. Yeah. Yeah, I I would I would absolutely agree. And I was just looking at some of the quotes and it reminds me of what we were just talking about how he had to slip for sleep for 6 years or sorry 6 centuries. And at the very beginning the monologue says my name is Ash and I'm a slave Close as I can figure the year is 1300 AD, and I'm being dragged to my death. And so, 1300, six years, or sorry, six centuries, uh, be, be like um, uh, 1900, 1992 is when it was actually made. So, it kind of makes sense. And it, uh, yeah, so really, really interesting how they all play this together. And the uh, um, the well, director is Sam Raimi, the writer is Sam Raimi, and probably his brother, maybe, Ivan Raimi. So, yeah, you can see that they really thought this through as the best they could. Yeah. Oh, totally. They did. And and uh, uh, did you ever? I I I know. I definitely recommended to you uh, two of uh, Bruce Campbell's prior books. Uh, if Chins Could Kill and Hail to the Chin. Have you read or listened to either of those? I need to. I you said that a long time ago, and I thought, man, I need to. But that's something I will have to do. Yes, you got it. They are great books, especially if Chins Could Kill. He talks about. And that one about just his whole movie career, you know, growing up and then meeting the Rameys and all their other friends and all their other Shemp friends. And it's just it's a great book. And he recounts a ton of these stories. And then the second book, Hail to the Chin, recounts stories like of movies maybe made beyond 95. I don't remember the exact year, you know, you know. So because he wrote, if chins could kill so long ago, but I do recommend you check them both out because he's had a really cool career, a ton of friends that he's worked with forever and his whole career and Sam Raimi's as well. uh, I guess it's thanks to their friendship and constantly working through and making all these movies, you know, on their own, which is a Super 8 camera to start and then eventually into, you know, Spider-Man and that kind of stuff. Hmm. I will definitely check that out. And like I said, I really enjoy him. I think he's a great actor um, in... Burn Notice, he was fantastic and Burn Notice as well. Just a totally different character. Uh, but yeah, he's really, really fun to watch. So I'm definitely going to have to check that out. Yeah, I I do recommend it. Um, I love some of the lines in this movie. <laughs> when when he meets Eric the Red or whatever his name is, he goes, well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. Well, I've got news for you, pal. You ain't leaning but two things right now. Jack and shit and Jack left town. One of the I, best lines ever. I The first time I heard that, I was like, did grandma just hear him cuss? That's number one. And number two was like, oh my goodness, that was a brilliant line. Like, <laughs> I now I know what he's in charge of. He's not in charge of Jack, and he's only got one other thing. That's right, man. It's such such a good line. And there were so many other ones. This is my boomstick, and groovy, and um, honey, you got real ugly. <laughs> 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 he sure did. Yeah, there were so many great... Um, Quotable, funny things that he said in mm-hmm. this movie really, really like I, I've used that before. You want a little? Do you want a little? Huh? Do you? <laughs> That's so good. Yep, it is. One one of the things it wasn't Bruce Campbell saying it. Well, throughout the movie, uh once the skeleton army arises, you hear these funny, goofy voices. You know, skeletons talking. Every time one of the skeletons gets hit, you know, you don't see a mouth move, but you hear ooh, ah, ah you know, stuff just coming from a skeleton. It's funny, but towards the end one of the skeletons goes let's get the hell out of here <laughs> that line has always stuck with me that might be my favorite line from the entire movie other than the the you're not controlling jack or you know line yeah so my I I love that one one other one stuck with me it's very very similar it's when he so number one uh the bad ash knocks over the ladder he's cl- just climbed up the ladder um, and he's in the, in trying to get the network on. he pushes over the ladder. So, we, uh, real ash or good gash can't climb up the stair, the, the, um, ladder to go and follow him. And so he's like looking and he sees the thing he could cut that brings the boulders down and he can fly up there. I absolutely remember the one skeleton. This is like stuck in my brain is him crawling. Oh, I cut your gizzard out. <laughs> and then he, as soon as he flies off, he's like, Oh, Hey, where'd you go? That <laughs> So good. I agree with you, man. That is a great <laughs> skeleton line too. I laugh at that every single time. For exactly. Sure. <laughs> just so, so awesome. So, Hey, when I'm there, uh, hopefully I'll be coming and visiting you. We're going to have to watch it. I want to watch it with the boys and see how hard they laugh. It's oh, just such a good movie. We'll do that. We'll do that for sure. Um, you know, one of the things uh I don't remember. Do you know where this movie was filmed? I mean, did they have to actually build a castle like somewhere in California? Well, I didn't uh no, I didn't look to see that, but the castle was pretty horrible. I mean it, it was <laughs> it, it, as I'm looking at now me and actually being in castles, I've actually seen plenty of castles. I travel all through Scotland, Ireland, and England. These this was a pretty crappy castle. And so um I don't know exactly where they were filming. Maybe I could look that up. But uh yeah, it was pretty horrible. You could tell it was definitely um something that was uh They built it on the cheap, man. Oh, I just pulled it up. It was it was filmed in Medford, Oregon and Southern Oregon. Wow. Yeah, that's interesting. Now that you said that, I do recall In his book, he talked about a lot of the filming was they just found the cheapest land. Some of it might even be like this movie might have been filmed on his own land up there in Oregon where he was living. Like he had quite a few different... Not quite a few. He had one house where he lived at Bruce Campbell, where he had plenty of acreage, and they actually set up different movies within his own home. Because when you're doing it on the cheap, man, that small budget, you know, you gotta, uh, uh, um, what's the word? Innovate, right? And using your own property and stuff for that. So maybe that's what they did. They built that castle on his own property. Yeah, and I'm gonna apologize because I was clicking all through DMB, I'm DMB, and I went from Army of Darkness. And went clicked on Bruce Campbell and then clicked on Baba Hotep and then clicked on I Am Bruce or something like that. And I I was looking up. I thought I was still on the Army of Darkness. So that was when I Am Bruce, that was filmed there in Medford, Oregon. Mm. So now I pulled up Army of Darkness now. It was filmed in mostly in California, like La Brea, California, uh, Vasquez Rocks Natural Area Park in California as well. Um, Hollywood, um, Acton, California. I've heard of that place. But... um, Yeah, nothing famous. The Bronson Caves. So it was also a film part of it that was there too. So yeah, a lot of it or most of it in California. Yeah, all of it in California. California. Yeah. Awesome, man. You know know what really surprised me? So for every movie, I always go to the Rotten Tomatoes, look up the score. And I expected to see for the critics like 22%. I expected that. But I was thoroughly surprised and happy to see that the critics accepted this movie. And it has a 72% Rotten Tomatoes score. Whoa, that is impressive. It is, man. I think this movie knew what it wanted to be. It it achieved exactly what it set out to do. Sam Raimi, as well as Bruce Campbell, all their producers and stuff, they made the perfect movie that they wanted to. And I think critics accepted it. You know, they realized what the movie was trying to do, and it hit it on the... For me, it definitely hit it on the head. The audience score is 87 for the movie. Wow. I love it. Okay, so that brings us to your score. What... What um, uh, grade would you give this movie? It's an A plus, absolutely, whole heart right, right there, hundred percent A plus. My wife would give it a, a F minus because she's she's not a guy. Just like I love the Geico commercials. I don't know about you. I will just sit and watch Geico commercial after Geico commercial because they're so funny. What about you? Yes, they are really good. I agree with you there. Yep, I don't. I generally don't watch commercials, but yes, the ones that I have caught, I enjoy them. Yeah, and so I liked it so much I wouldn't got insurance from them, not just because of the commercials, because I actually save a crap load of, honestly, I do. I, I was like, oh my goodness, I'm gonna save like 300 bucks a year. That's, that's a lot of money. And so, and I've even had an insurance claim with them. I actually was hunting and I was driving in the woods and I had my kids in there with me. And we were, it was a huge wide open area, nobody anywhere. And I was backing up to um, turn around and I was going like, five or 10 miles an hour. So I was going pretty quick and there was one tree that I just didn't see. And my, I'm backing up. I hear my son say, Hey dad, watch. (laughs) 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 So anyways, I had to go through Geico and Geico was quick and easy. I got a crap load of money, um, to fix up the car and I paid a fraction of that. Anyways, it worked out really well. So I, anyways, it's not a Geico commercial, but this brings me to thinking of Geico really worked out well for me, but the difference between my wife and maybe most women, like this is a guy's movie. There's probably some women that like it, but mostly guys would love a movie like this. Without a doubt. Yep. I agree with you there. Um, uh, As I was watching this, I was kind of thinking about some of my other favorite horror slash comedy movies. And I want to list, I'm going to give you three of my favorites and I want to know what you think of it. Okay. One of them is Scary Movie. What do you think? It was enjoyable, but I didn't, I wouldn't say I, I liked it. Like, I, I, I'll never go back and watch it, but it was enjoyable to watch the first time. Oh, I absolutely love it. One of the best spoofs of all time well, for me. Well, doesn't it have Carmen Electra in it? Yes, it does at the very there beginning, yep. That's that's it. That's all you need to watch. That's all about, I probably. need for sure, yep. Yeah, so you put Carmen Electra in there, then you're done. Yeah, oh, for sure, for sure. Um, let me see. One of my other ones, you and I grew up with this movie, Tremors. What do you think of that? Love Tremors. That was, I... I that was such a fun, obviously, a suspender disbelief type movie, but it was enjoyable. Plus, you got Kevin Bacon and the other guy. He, uh, shoot, I don't remember his name. But anyways, really, really fun to watch. I, I love that movie. That's a great movie. Good. I feel the exact same way. And uh, the last one I want to mention is um, Cabin in the Woods. I, was that a comedy? It's it has some comedic elements and and a lot of the comedy comes from just subverting expectations. You're watching something, expecting something to happen, something totally different happens, and it kind of makes you laugh at some points. So it's not like a, a straight up horror comedy, but it's not just a straight up horror either. So I'm kind of considering it a horror comedy. I could see that. I really liked Cabin in the Woods. I liked the different take on it. I thought that was really, really fun. Got some some really smart people, and they make them dumb, and they have a you know different. They have to figure out. Anyways, I'm not gonna give away Cabin in the Woods. I I enjoyed it because it's such a huge twist on what a normal like a horror movie would be. Really, really fun. Now thinking of that. And also coupling that, that got me thinking of Geico as well. Geico had a commercial. It was basically like a horror movie. And there's like five teenagers, or not teenagers, but basically, yeah, five five adults that were running around, you know, three girls and two men. And there's an evil guy trying to, you know, hatchet them now up. And one of them says, hey, let's go jump in the car and drive away. And one of the guys says, are you stupid? Let's go hide in that barn that has all these hanging axes and chains and all that sort of stuff. Yes, I remember that one. That was a funny commercial yeah so i i i think so in general i'm not a big horror i realized life is short i don't like horror movies i just personally don't enjoy watching it and the one that really got me over the edge was the ring i was like the ring was so freaking boring i hated it when the the, the girl came out of the tv finally killed somebody i'm like it's about time and so from then on i'm like I'm just tired of horror movies. I just, it's just not for me. I'd rather watch enjoyable movies. I feel like, man, that was a good, good use of my time. I gotcha. I, I I agree with you there. For the most part, horror is not my go-to genre comedy or action is, but I'm, I'm still a big fan of horror. And I think it's because you and I talked about it in an episode a long time ago. Um, one of the five childhood movies I chose was *Return of the Living Dead* because you and I grew up watching horror movies. Our parents probably didn't want us to do it, but we would do it at a friend's house or with Dad, as opposed to Mom and our stepdad. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, absolutely.
1: yeah. So I
0: think I think those the horror movie has stuck with me as a genre that I like to watch. Whereas you, I guess, not so much, huh? Yeah, I mean. When it's fun like this, then I, I'm fine. Horror movie like Cabin in the Woods that's creative, that was rather fun. But just gore and horror just for the sake of it. Like, Evil Dead was just the first one. It was just, like, just evil. And I was like, oh, I don't want to watch that. Just I, f- I feel bad coming out of there. I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, I can, I, I understand that. I'm, I'm right there with you. I understand. Um, let me see here. Oh, what was your favorite scene in the movie? Oh, goodness. Obviously, giving this an A+. plus, it, It's all... I think it's the point at which he is traveling on his own and then he has something chasing him. He goes into the windmill playing and you have those little evil ashes running around and then getting the necronomicon. So that it's not necessarily a scene. It's maybe a compilation of scenes, but then him going back to the castle, that whole, when he's by himself, that whole section was fun. I really look forward to seeing that part. Oh, I agree with you. I I that that entire part is my favorite as well but in particular just inside of that windmill with the little ashes and all of a sudden one jumps in and it, and it's and it, he gets split into two ashes that whole scene that that is my favorite for sure yes absolutely um you know one thing getting back to the whole idea that it's a low budget movie two things I loved in this movie there the, when he's running away from the thing chasing him and you could tell this one point he's like running in place and and there's people on the side of him whipping him with bushes and stuff <laughs> like so he's good. running. It just <laughs> You know what's happening, but it is just so funny seeing it actually happen, you know, because they're not trying to do it perfectly to where it's tricking the audience. You know what I mean? It's, yes. It's obvious what's happening. I love it. I loved it. My wife was like shaking her head. I'm like, it's just funny because yeah, they're just hitting is. him with a tree or a and, branch. And the second thing was at the end when they're attacking the castle um ash is standing there this woman runs past with a skeleton hanging off of her and he's going "Ah, come here my darling or whatever and he grabs the skeleton and throws it and then you could tell there's two people you know on the (laughs) side of the camera throwing skeletons at him for him to fight too again it's just it's low budget but it just makes it so fun i love it yeah and you hear the voice, like you know that's an inanimate object that's thrown at him, that that one skeleton, because he's kind of thrown sideways at him, like that doesn't really work. But he's tossed at him, and you hear, oh, "I'm gonna get you" or something like that. You hear a voice just out of nowhere, and he breaks his spine. It's just, it's just so good. <laughs> totally, man. I love that. Love that. Um, so let's uh let's get to some lessons learned. What is your first lesson learned? So my first lesson learned is. And this was the same thing as Stuber. Um, Stuber, I said, you need to have lots of guns, lots of guns, lots of ammunition. This is the same thing. Like always, just like Ash, always have a firearm on you just to protect yourself. Now, you're not going to be doing stupid things with it. But in case an army and evil dead come at you, you're going to have a firearm on you. So definitely have a firearm on your person at all times. Good lesson. 100%. Uh, My first lesson is do not read from the Necronomicon. It's like saying Beetlejuice three times. Just don't take the chance. You know, you don't know if it's going to happen. But just in case, if it's a one in a billion shot, just don't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Now, because he I mean, he opened up the Necronomicon just to look in it. And it sucked him in, almost sucked him in. So obviously that was a way for him to whittle down. So I agree. Now, well, I think in the the prior movie, Evil Dead 2, he was actually reading from the Necronomicon or somebody in their group Ah. was. And that's what triggered the whole events of this movie. That's right. That's right. I remember that. Okay. So my second lesson, the simple thing is to write things down. That's a simple one. But the more deeper one is pay attention to details. Even though... I know I'm not a good detail person. I'm definitely big picture, you know, think far ahead and broad. Like, I'm a big picture type of person. But when there's something like, hey, if you don't say these three words exactly right, you're going to awaken the army of the evil dead and they're going to come kill everybody. That's a detail you should not overlook. All right, all right, I got the words. <laughs> yes, so you're you're right about that. Pay attention to the details. And uh, my second lesson builds upon that one. It's learn from your mistakes, right? We all make mistakes, but you got to work to not repeat them. He screwed up the lines, clatu verata Nikto the first time, unleash the army of the dead. Now he's going back in time, back to the future. He screws them up again. Just like you said, write them down so you don't screw it up. Learn from your mistakes. Yes, love it. Um, absolutely, learning from your states is, is really as as humans. That's one of the best things that we can do because you have a problem, or sorry, you just hurt yourself. You don't. I'm not going to hurt myself again. I remember one time growing up, we were at our dad's house and he had a stove that had one of those coil uh, burners. And for some reason, I just thought to ask my dad or our dad, "Hey, dad, is it?" I know I think it was maybe like six. I said, "Hey, Dad, is the stove hot?" And he goes, "I don't know," and because for some reason he either just cooked something or whatever. And I, stupid me, I thought, you know what? I just want to feel if it's hot. I, I don't. Again, I don't know why I even asked that. I just—it's just stupid. And so I don't take a finger; I take my entire palm and fingers, put it on the very center, and s- sizzles my hand. And I had a ring all over my hand from the burner burning my hand because I was stupid so I learned my lesson now I never touch those things anymore so you're absolutely right oh man that I don't even remember you doing that but I bet that was super painful and it reminds me of ash falling on the hot stove and having to to spatula his face (laughs) off of it well spatula and when he's reaching for a spatula he turns it right side up and then shakes it yeah I got it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, wasting valuable seconds right there. I mean, You're a little bit less burn the sooner you get it to your face and pop yourself off. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So my third lesson is have chemistry books in the back of my car at all times because you never know when it's going to come in handy because I mean, they need to make gunpowder. Good lesson. Are you actually going to go out and buy a chemistry book? I I, I should. You better download it on my phone or something, so I can actually you know pull it up and say, "How do you make gunpowder?" Okay, well, yeah. it's these. Well, yeah, just like remember in Inner Space, we learned that you should always have a bag full of clothes just in case you wake up someplace and you don't know where you are. Exactly. I remember learning that lesson too. Good. Yep. Yep. So in your bag of clothes, put um an extra gun, some ammunition, as well as your uh, chemistry book. There you go. Beautiful. Yep. And an English or Spanish translation book because you never know if you're going to need to speak Spanish here in California or Arizona I, for you. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a whole harder You're absolutely right. Yep, yep. So my last lesson is don't pick a fight with the guy with a gun. And that just led to... That, that was a great scene right there. Really good line. Good, bad, I'm a guy with a gun. Boom, I loved it. I thought that was awesome. Another lesson that I learned is... I need to come up with a lot more one-liners or just take them from the movie. So I, when he said to the, I don't know, whatever the girl the girl's name is, um, said to her, give me some sugar, baby. and <laughs> Give her a kiss. I looked at my wife and said, I'm going to start saying that from now on. Yep. <laughs> and she goes, no, you're not. I said, yes, I am. <laughs> yep, yep, that is a good line. And yeah, you got to come. I've never, I don't I don't know. I mean, if I've ever come up with a cool line of my own, I've lost it to time. You know, I don't remember them. I should write them down. Yeah, you should. And what's fun is your kids probably know a lot of things because I re- recognize that my kids start saying things. And I'm like, why are you saying that? Like, that's just why. Why would? Oh wait, I say that. Like Melissa, with my wife, would say, "That's because you say that." I'm like, oh, it is because I say it all the time. Yeah. Oh, kids do that, man. Um, when when we play poker with Bert, uh, he used to say like when he would beat you in a hand. Um, Or he'd get extra value out of you or something. He would say, oh, I love you. I love you. And he'd say with a a, a weird intonation or whatever. Um, And then one day I heard his son, Grant, you know, Grant, of course, his older son. He was saying that uh, while he was playing video games online and killing his friends, you know, like in Halo or something, he was saying, oh, I love you, just like his dad was. (laughs) Yep, yep. So kids do learn from their parents. That's for sure. Very, very cool. So what is your Monday morning quarterback? Oh, that, that's actually, it's a really simple one. And it just goes along with one of my lessons. Write the words down next time, right? If you're not good at remembering or Latin words kind of confuse you, it's just three words. Write them down on a piece of paper. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good, good Monday morning quarterback. Everything would have been just stopped. <laughs> so my Monday morning quarterback is never have any chains or ropes or anything going down into your pit that's supposed to kill somebody so they can climb back out yep true that what a what a stupid uh idea I, I yeah i don't care if it's to um you know bring the the uh, spikes together you need to have a separate hole that those chains go down that somebody can't climb through or something like that. yeah absolutely yep good one. i'll, I'll take note of that because my pit right now i have uh two ropes and a chain going down into it so i got to fix that Dude, you should have uh I'm glad I'm glad we got to get that fixed. Yeah. Yeah. Totally totally. Uh it, it should be pretty easy to do, you know. I got a post hole digger. I can dig down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Awesome. So, my guess is your movie prop would be uh, uh one of the Necronomicon books. No. Oh. I think that's no, that is very iconic and I I I think that would be a great one, but it really comes down to, I think, because the Necronomicon is a big part of the movie, but the movie is all about ash. And so I would like the double-barreled Remington with the holster back sling. I think that is cool. Either that or his um, hand, not the chainsaw hand, but the one that he makes with the, the guy um, there when he's there and in, in back in 1300s. But it'll it'll be the double barrel Remington. It's only $109, so it's not that expensive. And then with the holster. Nice. That, that's a good choice. Mine is the Necronomicon for sure because it is so iconic. As soon as you see that, no explaining to anybody, they know it's from uh, Army of Darkness. You are absolutely right. You would, because ab- if anybody has ever seen Army of Darkness, if they see that book, you're going to, th- like, I don't think of when he grabs it, I think of the book that he goes to no, sorry. I don't think of the book that he takes and actually goes away with and walks around with. I think of the book that bites his hand. That's what I think of when I see that. Like, I always see that picture or the image of the book. And I think of, oh, it's going to bite your hand. Gotcha. Yeah, totally. True, true. Yeah, yeah. That That is, uh, that's one of those images that always comes to mind when you see the book. You're right. Maybe sucking you in too with a little vortex. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. So one thing I totally love, um, uh, when Lord Arthur calls out Sword Boy and the guy comes over, drops on his knee, holds up the sword, he grabs the sword and kicks him down at the same time. It's just such a jerk move, but I laugh every time I see it. It was reminiscent or it's basically a very similar thing where um, Ash is walking outside. You want a little? And he finds the whip guy. You want some? You want a little? He just shoves him and the guy's all wimpy and cowering. And then as soon as he ash turns away from him he's like oh man i'm gonna get and he pushes the guy next to him you know very very similar type of thing yeah oh it wasn't and and that guy that that uh that, that, that you're talking about he was the guy that on their way to the castle he was whipping them um what's interesting about that is he's the kind of guy that will pick on you if he has control over you if you can't fight back but as soon as you stand up to him he's gonna cower he's basically a bully yes absolutely and what's great was the guy who played like this is best cast, casting at at like period. He just looks like the type of guy that would do that, or at least he plays it really well. Like that guy, the actor fit that role so perfectly. He did. I agree with you one hundred percent. yeah, maybe even better than Bruce Campbell as Ash. You know, <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, exactly. that guy was great. He was. Cool bean so this was your choice next week um I want to watch a movie coming out in theaters by one of the best directors Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood how does that sound for you That sounds terrific He I really enjoy Quentin Tarantino's movies and I think it's going to be obviously. Well, he, I, I read something, and I tried not to watch a trailer. But in when I was watching Stuber, it actually came out, and I was like, "Oh, I'm just literally sitting there. I'm like, oh crap, this. I'm gonna have to watch some of the trailer." And I was closing my eyes and ears. And anyways, um, somebody or I read a quick quote or something that this is. Quentin Tarantino believes this is his swan song. I don't know what that means, but maybe like his best movie ever or something like that. But it's supposed to be a really good movie. Plus you got Brad Pitt and you have uh, DiCaprio in it. I mean, really good actors. Um, So I think it's going to be a solid movie. Yeah, I agree with you there. I'm I'm totally looking forward to it. And I don't think I've seen a Quentin Tarantino movie in theaters since Kill Bill Volume 2. His past few movies I missed in theaters just didn't make it out there. So I'm looking forward to this one finally. I don't think I've I've watched a Quentin Tarantino movie in the theater other than Kill well Kill Bill's yes but um after that I don't really remember so yeah this is gonna be great to go watch this one. Cool beans, man. I'm glad to hear you say that. So we'll be on the lookout for next week, everybody. Um, and of course, for this episode, thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. And you know that we both loved Army of Darkness. We do want to hear your thoughts. So go to the show notes page, watchandlearnpodcast.com slash pod 58. You can take a look at all our life lessons there and leave a comment with what you thought of the movie and your own life lessons if we overlooked anything. Alrighty then, my name was Sky, And I'm Dusty. And we will return next week with... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood.